0: All right, we got an NBA edition of Real Talk. It's been a while. Brad, what's going on, dude?
1: Dude, just uh, another week, another week away from NFL and another week just uh, waiting for the NBA to return. You know, this all-star break's been, you know, it wasn't everything we wanted it to live up to, but it's over now, and we got NBA coming back on Thursday.
0: Yeah, the the Saturday night, the NBA Saturday night, that's usually filled with your skills contest, your team challenges, three-point contest and dunk contest. That was super underwhelming. Just did not live up to um, the traditional All-Star hype. I thought the the three-point contest was all right. But that was about it. Um, Outside of that, I thought the the All-Star game was really cool. Turned it on for a little bit. Um, My one takeaway is mind you i I want to preface it with saying this i don't care if there's defense or not steph curry is the single greatest shooter that's ever walked this freaking planet and for anybody to argue otherwise is just silly
1: (laughs) i think the hardest part to argue that even if someone wanted to is when all the other greatest shooters are telling you steph curry is it's not like ray allen says reggie and reggie says curry and curry says ray and someone says larry it's no, everybody just says Curry. Like, it's just not even worth... Because, uh, you know, Reggie made a good point. He was like, you know, we can talk ad nauseum about some catching shooters. But, like, what he does off the dribble, it's like off the dribble, contested, turnaround, none of that affects his percentages. It's kind of... It's just amazing.
0: He hit one. We turned it... You know, I had it off and on, and um, we were busy Sunday night with some friends, and... um. It's late in the third quarter. He's got over 40 at this point. Yeah. And the wife's watching. She knows who Curry is. She's not a big basketball fan. Or Everybody like that.
1: knows who Curry is. Yeah.
0: And when he freaking pulls up from the logo and hits it and turns around, and he, and like, starts dancing, on. my wife is laughing. Because it doesn't look – it's just she yeah. understands, like, that is just silly. Like, how I, can somebody do that?
1: I tried to tell people, I was like, I was watching it in bed next to Casey, who's trying to sleep. And I kept waking her up because I was just giggling. Like, yeah. I, I'm just laughing. Yeah. Just like, and it just, it comes out out of your face. It's just like, no way he made that. And it's like, it's just crazy. And people can talk all they want about no defense. There was 33 pointers made in that game. And Steph had 16 of them. The rest of the NBA All-Star game had 14. He had 16.
0: I thought, I I thought it was a good idea of him to like, let's try and attack this. Let's just like, apparently I didn't know this until after the fact he donated and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me.
1: I think I I know what it is. It was like 1000, uh, for every point, 3000 for every three and 10,000. If he got MVP, which all
0: of it Uh, ended up being 108 total thousand dollars, super cool of him to do so. Um, Obviously, he drops a 50-burger in the All-Star game, which is pretty unheard of. Even for an All-Star game, it's unheard of. So, um, yeah, Curry's a dog. He's so and he, he, he single-handedly, you you actually posted this, Steph Curry single-handedly saved All-Star weekend.
1: Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, that's like, I, I don't know. It's just, he's, he's so good, it's unreal, and like, I remember when I first started watching the NBA a lot and he had that like 50 point game against the Knicks, like early Splash Brothers. And I just remember like, it you just smiled watching him play and they went to two straight finals and then they, they added Kevin Durant. And it was like, it kind of, it literally shut down basketball for like three seasons. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, it just wasn't fun. and It got stale. It was just LeBron trying to beat this, Curry, Durant, Clay, Draymond, Monster. And it was like that That storyline kind of died. And it's nice to see some new stuff going on in the NBA. And you look across all the teams, and there's one to three guys on every team who seem to be playing really well. And the NBA, I think, is in a really, really good spot. If you're not watching the NBA, I think now's the time. And I think I can speak for anybody listening who's watched the NBA. It's never going to be perfect. But compared to the last two or three seasons, they have really held back on ticky-tack fouls. And there are tons of times in this season where I've been like, and one, or oh, he missed that layup, we're going to the free throw line, and play just continues. And it's it's really nice to see that kind of stuff. Of course, it buttons up a little bit late in the fourth quarter, but being able to watch NBA games and see less fouls, it's actually, this is the best NBA season so far that, that I've seen in the last two or three years
0: yeah I, I gotta be completely honest with every listener I have done very little NBA watching um I dedicated all my time to NFL and college and lately it's been a little college basketball even though Michigan's been pretty rough um yeah I mean i've I follow headlines I always do I always follow the stats too and obviously the news and notes and i'm I'm familiar with a lot of things that are going on let's talk about uh the the big news the the Obviously, the NBA, the one thing that they've always done better than a lot of other leagues is just like their in-season trades always seem to be very big. And, you know, their pre pre-All-Star, after-All-Star trades or, you know, the the trade deadline's always been a really big deal in, in the NBA. And James Harden gets traded at the deadline. And that trade looks like this. It is James Harden and Paul Millsap. Traded to the Philadelphia 76ers in exchange for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. We haven't talked a whole lot of NBA this year, actually almost none. Ben Simmons, that storyline on Ben Simmons was basically a whole-year thing. It had been going on since literally they got eliminated last year in the playoffs. And the James Harden story was roughly a 10-day story. It was like, oh, wait, did he say this? And then all of a sudden it's like, trade me today at the deadline. And shockingly, this trade went down. So um, what are your initial reactions of the trade? I mean, if you want to, feel free to comment on the whole Ben Simmons saga slash James Harden and Net Saga too.
1: Yeah, so I mean, there's a couple things to tackle here. Um, I believe it did help both teams. I believe both teams, like, I, like I, I posted at the time, I feel like there was a lot of smiles during those handshakes or those, you know, virtual, you know, pleasure doing business with you. Um, if you guys listen to the pod, every time basketball is on here, I'm I'm kind of sticking up for Ben Simmons. I thought it was weird that he sat out, but I always think he's going to turn into this player that's better than he already is offensively with shooting. And I really like Ben Simmons. Um, you look at the Philadelphia 76ers and you see the stuff with Joel Embiid. You know, he said in his opinion, he tried every route to make Ben Simmons happy. And eventually at the end, he just didn't care anymore. There's nothing he could do to help him. James Harden when he left Houston and went to the Nets, he wanted to go to Philly then. Like he just wanted to go to Philly, thinks it would work there. Um I think one player has really come to light here is Seth Curry. He mattered a lot to the 76ers and now you look what he's doing with the with the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of people don't know this, but he's second all-time in three-point field goal percentage, only behind Steve Kerr. So I mean both Curry brothers can shoot and You look at the Nets after they acquired now uh, Goran Dragic. They acquired a free agency. Their guards look like Kyrie Irving, Patty Mills, Seth Curry, Goran Dragic, Cam Thomas, and Bruce Brown. I mean, they're just loaded at the guard position. Um, Kevin Durant still may be the best player in the league. Uh, He did get injured, but when he's on the floor, I mean, we've seen what Kevin Durant has done the last two years. He's definitely a, a top player ben simmons i I really like him again you know he's first team all nba defense he's i would just love i i just keep thinking i would just love to see him shoot a three just in the 76ers face just at the net shoot but even if he doesn't you know that what they did for him is they cleared out the lane and they have seven or eight really really high percentage shooters so i like what happened both both ways here i i didn't think that uh the 76ers owner was going to give in. I really thought that he was going to hold out for the whole season and make him sit through it. Um, I just think there's a better situation for everyone. When we see James Harden playing and we see Ben Simmons harding or Ben Simmons playing, everybody's winning. You know, we want to see these guys on the floor and the unsung part, Andre Drummond, mean he's putting up Andre Drummond stat lines, 14 rebounds, three points, you know, like he's just going to get you extra chances on the offensive end. And uh, yeah, the Nets, at the All Star break, are one of the scariest eight seeds that I can ever remember. You know, watching basketball. So, kudos to both teams getting it done. And now, honestly, we we got what we wanted. We know where they're going. We know what they're going to be, and we don't have to hear about it anymore. They they both got what they wanted.
0: You didn't really touch on the Sixers, though.
1: Well, I mean. The 76ers, it's been tough because they've been a top three-ish seed, three, four seed the last four or five years, but they can't get it done in the playoffs. You know, most notably, they lost to the the Hawks last year on Trey Young, and then, you know, they're kind of good run, but what did it come down to? Ben Simmons passing open layups, and Ben Simmons looking like he was lost, and Joel Embiid having problems. Now Ben Simmons is out of the picture, and you have Joel Embiid, who right now, is leading the league in scoring. He is the number one MVP candidate. He is the best center in the league. Nikola Jokic is obviously the only other one in that conversation, the defending MVP who could have back-to-back big men. But Joel Embiid, um, I think his game works tremendously well with James Harden. You look at the pick-and-roll opportunity with Joel Embiid being as athletic as he is, being able to stretch the floor, he can shoot the three. We saw that in the All-Star game, too. Um, I think it allows James Harden to kind of, you know, be that, that Rockets, James Harden, just go score the ball, do what you got to do, put up points. Um, Having Tobias Harris as your third piece, I think is really nice. But when you really start to look at it, and I'm sure we'll break it down in a little bit, but this Eastern Conference is loaded. It is so good. I mean, the, the, the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be phenomenal. I cannot wait. Um, will the 76ers be left out? I don't know, but I can't wait to see James Harden actually get out on the floor. I'll be able to know a little bit more. But when you are a team going to play the 76ers and you know you're in for a night where you got to defend Embiid and Harden, there's not many answers for either of those guys. So that's always going to be a tall ask. So uh, the 76ers are a good team. I like them a lot. I like their chances. Um I mean, Harden and Embiid, that's two top 10 players in the NBA.
0: Yeah, so the Sixers, um, I'm not 100% sure on how the Harden thing is going to work out there. I, I'm I'm a skeptic. But obviously, they improved because Ben Simmons was never going to touch the floor for them. So they needed, they needed Harden. And they were willing to give up pieces that basically didn't exactly put them over the edge in order to get to a conference finals or even a NBA finals, you know? So um, the one thing I will say is I thought the Nets won the trade. And not only did they get a hall of players and a hall of picks, but like they, I thought they literally got three pieces of need. We're looking for a spot up shooter, someone that we can dish the ball to that's going to be open because we have Durant and we have Kyrie. That's Seth Curry. We also have a very good distributing point guard who's tall and can basically play the post. And he's willing to play the post in, in Ben Simmons and can basically guard anybody that you need him to one-on-one. And then you go out and you, let's be honest, the Nets have been since acquiring James Harden, the worst paint team pretty much at in and week out. They have no point present paint presence, And they go out and get Andre Drummond. So it's like they addressed three positions of need and they got an all-star caliber player in Simmons and a great player in Seth Curry that I think is uh, pretty respected around the league. And as you alluded to, is a knockdown shooter, he's got one of the highest percentages in league history. So, um, If
1: if we look at Ben Simmons, a lot of people have heard his name so long, we forget he's 25 years old. I know. He He won't be 26 till the season's over. So he's 25, and we've seen some of these videos where he's at pickup games shooting these three-pointers or range shots. If he really starts to pull the trigger on these, I believe we we could be looking at a better version of Draymond Green. 6'10", elite defender, perimeter and post. And if he starts to shoot the ball, his athleticism in transition, um, maybe not better because we've seen what Draymond's done playing for the Warriors and whatnot. But I'm just saying a, a similar piece when you talk about what he's able to do can shoot when given the chance. He's not just going to pull up all the time. But elite defending and can handle the ball. Um he's not your primary point guard. I just think I see a lot of Ben Simmons to do similar things that Draymond Green does. Kyrie and Durant are the one and two, but if your third best player is Ben Simmons, that's that's a weapon.
0: Um Oh, I see what you're doing there with the comparison. I, I respectfully disagree. I think Ben Simmons is better than Draymond already. I don't think he needs to be able to shoot the three to be it. Well, but they do different things for their teams. Just I just think Ben now. Simmons is is more of a a threat to score in general. Like Draymond Green, let's be honest here. On a good night, he's getting twelve points. Right. Ben Simmons on a good night's getting you thirty. I mean, it's just he gets you regular
1: of... season wins too.
0: Yeah, he, he does.
1: And and I just a lot of people like ask me to pump the brakes and I respect that because I do think Ben Simmons is better than Draymond Green already I just think that it would be definitive if Ben would shoot because if you stand four or four or five feet off Draymond he'll shoot the three it doesn't fall every time but when it does it makes you you got to close out he can do that I mean we saw LeBron James standing closer to the rim than the art guarding Ben Simmons at one point a year in the bubble or something and it was just He's got to start shooting the ball, but I I really like the Nets here. I agree with you with with and uh just a little low key thing. Um, Patty Mills has always been someone who has publicly supported Ben Simmons and privately been a huge help. They play in uh for Australia together in the national team. Having Patty Mills in this locker room is going to be bigger for Ben Simmons than I think a lot of people think. And I think we're going to see a new version of Ben Simmons. I uh, think, and he's not the spotlight anymore. There's other guys to take that from him that are there. So. This is this is gonna be good for Ben. He's a
0: high quality role player,
1: and he's twenty five. I mean, we yeah. we've heard his name for like it feels like ten years. He's twenty five. Like, come on, he's got
0: technically not even yeah. in his time yet. Well, let's uh, let's unless you have another off season storyline to get to, I, we have some other ones we I will get to, but um, I want to talk about the standings here. So, yeah. uh, the East the east um i'm just gonna run them down one to eight and then we'll talk about some play-ins here so the heat are number one 38 and 21 uh right behind them are the bulls they actually have the identical record heat must in the tiebreaker uh sixers at three the Cavs, the cleveland cavaliers which we will talk about here in a minute they're four the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending NBA champions, they're five with 36 and 24 records. So literally, they're the fifth seed. They're two and a half games out of first place. That, that just goes to show you how deep the East is right now. Uh, the Celtics, 34 and 26. They're at the sixth seed. Uh, the Raptors, shockingly, came back on a, a year after tanking, basically. They're 32 and 25. And then you have the Nets, who I do want to preface this by saying they did lose, I believe it was nine games in a row earlier in the year. Um The Nets are 31 and 28. They're the eighth seed. Okay. Then you have your plans. You have the Hornets and the Hawks. Both teams are under 500. Um, With all that being said, I mean, is there anybody that's in that won't be? Is there anybody that's out that will be? Um, Give me your top four. Let's go ahead and take away the East.
1: Yeah. um, So for the East, I think the top one and two have played like it all year. The Heat and the Bulls. Um, the Heat are just a suffocating defensive team, uh, and you mentioned the tiebreaker in the conference. They're 24 and 12. Bulls are 23 and 13, so they have one more win against the East. Um, but you look at Bam Adebayo's missed a lot of games. Jimmy Butler's been out here and there. Um, we just talked about Duncan Robinson. Man, he's making threes at a very fast rate. He's a sniper. You gotta have one of those guys. Kyle Lowry bringing that veteran presence to the guard room. Uh, He's he's helped tremendously when this team is at full strength. They're incredibly hard to beat. Um, I wish we would have done a little bit of a preseason pod because they're better than I thought it was going to be. But my team from the West, we all know my team from the East. I like the Bulls. Um, I, I don't have like an allegiance to them, but they're basically a newly assembled team this year. They brought in a bunch of pieces. So your starting lineup when fully healthy will be Lonzo, Alex Caruso, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. Now, they have been banged up. Lonzo, six to eight weeks out. Caruso, wrist, two months out. Levine's missed time with me. But then you talk about DeMar DeRozan. i uh, will just get into him a little bit. Uh, he is, um, it is seven games. Seven games he scored 30 points or more which ties the second most in bulls history with Jordan's second most with seven in a row. And he passed Wilt for six straight games or he's tied with them. Excuse me. Six straight games of 35 or more points on 50% shooting. Um, He is. um, I know uh, Chuck, if you're listening you posted something that said DeMar DeRozan is the closest thing to Kobe that we have in the league. Um, you're right and it's wrong at the same time. He is, but he's still so far from Kobe. It's not close in how great he is. But in terms of mid-range game, he's the best. He's the best mid-range shooter I think we have. Kevin Durant is up there with him. But um, let's try and stay away from Kobe, MJ stuff with, with some of these guys. But DeMar DeRozan is playing phenomenally. He's carrying the Bulls. 76ers we just got into. And then you got the Cavs. The Cavs, it sucks that they lost Colin Sexton but they and Ricky Rubio, but they came in with the team, and we saw over the weekend Garland and Jared Allen, both in the All-Star game, both very young. Um, Jared Allen is first in defensive efficiency in the NBA, and Evan Mobley, the rookie out of USC, is fourth. So they have two big men. That That's why when you look at the East – every team may have one big man, but the Cavs pose such a unique challenge to score on because they have two guys who are so dominant defensively down low. Um, They're, they're a really good team. And I know people may pay attention early when they were getting off to a hot start, you know, is this Cavs team fluky? Are they really good? You know, it came out when they were like third in the East, that they were playing the number one hardest difficulty schedule early on. And, you know, it's, we're at the all-star break, another 35 and 23 locally. You gotta be happy for the Cavs. The Bucks, I don't know. It just seems like sometimes they're on, sometimes they're off. Uh they're 16 and 13 away, which I think is a little bit concerning considering that they're not a top four seed. But I think this team knows that their real ambitions in the postseason, they seem to kind of be on cruise control. Um the Celtics, however,
0: real quick, that's super common for a team coming off a championship. That's mm-hmm. always you always see that
1: yeah we, we know Giannis is that guy Chris Middleton can make his shots their role players know their their job yeah. Celtics started off bad and then they are the hottest team in the NBA not nine and one in their last 10 and I mean Tatum and Brown are a dynamic duo I know in the Facebook group I was talking a little bit Tatum's way better than Jalen Brown well not way better but he's better But the fact that they have two guys who are scoring options and defensively, they're really good. Marcus Smart is that you know, that Patrick Beverly of the team. He's going to be that thorn in the side of your best player. The Raptors, I'm just going to put a big, I don't know. I don't know how they're 32 and 25. If I was to bet every game on the Raptors, I feel like I'd take them to lose most of them. I don't understand why they're so good. Maybe it's Fred VanVleet. He's playing really well. Scotty Barnes is a tremendous rookie for them. I know he didn't have the best showing in that layup Saturday, but he, he's been a really good player all year. And the Nets, like like I said, they're the best eight seed I've seen maybe ever. Um, and in terms of the play-in games, if if they don't have 30 wins at the All-Star break on both sides, I'm not taking them seriously as a contender for sure. But the Hawks may be able to make some noise in the play-in game. Um, I like LaMelo Ball too, but I don't think they – the play in's only three games, so I mean maybe. Maybe the Hornets because they have those guys. But when you talk about those bottom five Wizards, Knicks, Pacers, Pistons, Magic, just forget about it. Um, playing should be fun simply because you're going to see players like Trey Young and LaMelo try and squeak in. But if they don't have 30 wins at the All Star break, I looked at both sides. I don't take them seriously. And I don't think anybody else should.
0: So, question one on the East. Yeah,
1: let's run through them. Um,
0: I want to know who you think is going to finish top four in the regular season. And then I'll ask you your postseason predictions, but who do you think finishes top four? You think this is roughly the same, or you think some teams start making some impacts?
1: Do you want the order or give me, just give the me your, give me,
0: give me your one through four. Yeah, I guess order.
1: Um, I think they get healthy and reclaim and end up at first. I'm going to take the Chicago bulls to end as the one seed in the regular season. Okay. Um, I, I think Miami Heat, two, so they flip-flop. 76ers get James Harden. I think it takes a little while to get going, but I bet they end on a hot streak. I'm going to keep them at three. And although the Cavs are hot, I'm going to have them fall into five, and the Bucks taking them for the fourth spot. So the top four, Heat, Bulls, 76ers, Bucs. Um, look for the Nets to climb. I think they're out of their slump. They're going to be winning some games. I just don't know how many games are truly left for them to climb, you know, five, six games past the rest of the East. There'll be some big games for them if they want home court, but I think the Nets possibly I don't,
0: I get, don't think they want exactly,
1: home court. They could play for not home court to get Kyrie in games five and seven. Um. So yeah, uh, the Nets are going to win some games. I don't look them to climb, climb out of it, but. Like I said, the East postseason looks like it's going to be so much fun.
0: Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm with you. Um, the Cavs are going to hang around, but I do think they fall to the Bucks as far as in the in the seating here. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Sixers. I think what I'll do is I'll take I'll take the Heat and Bulls to stay right where they're at, and I like the Sixers to fall two spots, Cavs to move up to three, and Bucks to move to four. And Sixers will probably look good, as you said, later in the year, but they won't in the immediate. And I think that'll catch up to them. So yeah. um, they'll be all right. And I would love, 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 love to see a a Hawks-Nets play in 7-10 matchup. That seems super fun to me. But at the same time, I could see the Nets getting all the way up to 6.
1: Yeah, because we got to remember, they went on a 9 or 11-game skid, and there's still three games over five hundred. Yeah. And Kevin Durant's not on a lot of lists because he's hurt right now, but he's technically, I believe he's second. I have a photo on my phone I could pull up, but I believe right now he's second in the league in uh in points per game. Yeah. So he's a stud. Yeah. Here it is. He's third. Uh the top top four scores per game right now are Embiid, Giannis, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James somehow. Pretty pretty incredible. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, ready to move to the West? Yeah, let's do it. So you got the Suns sitting at number one. They've won. Their winners are seven in a row, but, sad news, Chris Paul is going to be out for about two months. Basically,
1: they don't know. Chris Paul, it came out before the All-Star game that his thumb was, there was a fracture in it. They know he played in the postseason with it last year. And he played in the all-star game. He's not out four to six. They said they're just going to reevaluate it, and he's going to play with it. They're going to see if it can heal on its own. And if they reevaluate in four to six weeks, I'm sure he's going to play through it in the postseason, no matter how bad it hurts. I thought the same thing when I saw it. I saw the news on my phone. I was like, oh, he's out. The Suns are going to turn around. And then he he got subbed in on the first substitution with, uh, I think, Luca in the all-star game. So I think it's just reevaluate. I don't think he's missing time. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. kind of crazy. It's really weird. It's a unique situation. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, the Suns have won seven in a row. They are the number one seed in the West. And they're not only the number one team in the West, they're the number one team in the league by, by seven a substantial margin. By a substantial margin. Number two, though, this is the second best team of the week. It's the Warriors. And the Warriors, uh, they got Clay back. And I mean, honestly, since they've gotten Clay back, they've done more losing, but they've still a very good team. Um, still one of the deeper teams of the league. They have been without Draymond, which I think has been a huge loss. Draymond literally got hurt right before clay came back. So that's been a big loss for them. Uh, they're still without Wiseman fully healthy. I think this is the best team in the league in my opinion, but, uh, they're two at three, the Grizzlies 41 and 19. Obviously the Grizzlies are, this is a team that, you know, at least as long as this pod has been around, the Grizzlies haven't been very good, but, uh, John Rant playing elite basketball. He's got them, uh, got them third and they're the third best team in the league too uh now we start to see some uh some of the average teams just like the east you get the jazz 36 and 22 they're 12 games back from first place so that's crazy to think yeah uh you got your mavericks here 35 and 24 they're in the five seed uh the nuggets at 33 and 25 they've winners of three in a row they're at the sixth seed get the timberwolves the timberwolves are a team that's starting to finally see some playoff action i mean this is a team that's completely been out of the playoff picture for gosh four five six seven years um they're finally getting in here and not just to play and they're actually um in the seventh spot 31 and 28 uh you got the clippers the la clippers at, at eight uh been without Kawhi leonard the entire time there's been rumors all year that Kawhi could come basically back for the postseason so this team just needs to stay alive and then that's a complete monkey wrench in the whole thing uh, nine at twenty-seven and thirty-one, so under five hundred. You have the Los Angeles Lakers, they're at a currently a playoff a play-in spot, and then at number ten, and I'm not even sure how this team's ten, but uh, at twenty-five and thirty-four, you have the Portland Trail Blazers. but they have weirdly enough won four in a row.
1: Yeah, make that makes sense. Um, I am,
0: I don't get it.
1: Not much to say about the Suns personally. I don't like them at all. I don't. I've never liked Chris Paul. I I know he's good, but I never liked him. And uh, Devin Booker can't stand him either. Um, but they're really what? good. They've got what? great guard play. I can't stand it, dude. I I'm not even gonna get into it. The Suns are the f- best team. I hope they lose every game the rest of the way. Probably won't. <laughs> but um, yeah, forty-eight and ten. I mean, that's that's really impressive. They have a six and a half game lead on a team that's forty-two and seventeen. You got the Warriors. I mean, Steph Curry. Uh, Jordan Poole has been a nice role player that has emerged. Um, Andrew Wiggins, welcome to the NBA. Um, Then Klay Thompson's coming back, and he's shown signs of the old Klay, but he's getting back into his groove. They haven't had Draymond a lot of games. Uh, Jameis Wiseman they're still waiting on. Uh, Toscano Anderson, Gary Payton II. This team has a lot of, you know, you go to the Warriors, you get better. I mean, how many more examples do we need? Under Steve Kerr and Seth Curry, you go to the Warriors, you get better. Grizzlies, I think they're the most fun team to have on your television. They are fast-paced. They are up and down the court. They have some three-point shooters. Desmond Bain, who's in the three-point contest, has been shooting lights out. And John Morant has wings. I, I, I Since maybe I don't even remember, to see a guy just leap like he does is awesome to watch. The Jazz, they're a tricky team because it just seems like they're kind of like the new version of the Spurs in my mind. Like, there's nothing crazy about them. They got their big guy, Rudy Gobert. They got a guard in Donovan Mitchell. And they just have guys who do their job right. They seem to be the most fundamental team, you know, most college-esque team, running plays, this and that. And uh, they're good. Uh, the Mavericks, they, uh, they ride Luka pretty hard. Uh, Luka, earlier in the year, um, had an ankle injury that led right into a 10-day COVID. I think he missed eight games, and the team went two and six without him. Um, So they're an entirely different team with him. Uh, Since the Chris Stapps trade, he's been on fire. But at the same time, the Mavericks miss more open shots than any team in the NBA. So they have – there's nights where they may be unbeatable, but there's too many nights where they just shoot poorly. And um, a lot of teams in the West have poor away records, and they're one of them, only 15 and 13 away compared to 20 and 11 at home. So that's going to matter because I think it's going to come down to them and the Jazz fighting for that 4-5 or five seed. But I think that's going to be our matchup, whichever one's which, when we get to the actual playoffs. Um, you've got the Nuggets. Listen, when Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray come back next year, they're going to be a heck of a team. I think this is a team that could go after a possible buyout by Buddy Heald. I think they could use it. Aaron Gordon's been a real nice piece. But I just think they're missing too much offense opposite of Jokic. Um, They do have a big man, which you look at some of these teams ahead of them. Mavericks, Grizzlies, Warriors don't have dominant big mans. You have DeAndre Ayton and Rudy Gobert, but they could get a favorable matchup between the Warriors and Grizzlies because of Jokic. Um, And he's the defending MVP, so you always got to keep that in mind. Timberwolves have the three-point champion in Carl Anthony Towns, so they have a very versatile center. And Anthony Edwards, man, he's come alive. He's he's a dog, but nobody wants to talk about the Timberwolves. I mean, why would you in years past? But, I mean, this team actually has a little bit going for them, and it starts with those two guys. They're basically two-man basketball. The Clippers, you mentioned that they haven't had Kawhi all year. This team's played 61 games. They've only played 26 of them with Paul George. So somehow, without their two stars, they're uh, afloat at five hundred. They've come back from twenty-five down to win like twice this year. It's kind of remarkable. They're a team that went out in the trade. You got to talk about Reggie Jackson. He's been playing uh, phenomenal basketball. Thank, thank
0: you for saying something. Yeah, about you got to bring
1: Jackson. his name up. Um, for them to trade for Powell and Covington from the Trailblazers, I think those are nice pieces. And when they start to get their stars back, that'll take them over the top. You know, to put them back in the top four but right now the Clippers are a 500 team and the Lakers are LeBron James away from being the 14th seed in the West. The roster is just sorry. There's no player that I want to watch less than Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's just a tragedy right now in LA. Maybe go somewhere else that we could see better, but he's been awful this year. Anthony Davis gets hurt every third quarter. Uh, They have just no shooting. This team is LeBron is averaging, I think, twenty-nine points, like eight rebounds and six assists. And the team is twenty-seven and thirty-one. I I can't see the Lakers winning a playoff series, especially at nine. They may be able to get their way through a play-in game because they have some of those players. But you talk about going through a play-in game and you gotta play the Suns or Warriors. I don't think that favors them. Even the Grizzlies are so young and athletic pushing the ball up and down the court. I think it favors them there, too. So below that, we don't really need to talk about those teams. I'll just mention them. Trailblazers, Spurs, Pelicans, Kings, Thunder, Rockets. Um, The Pelicans, we'll we'll talk about Zion a little bit, Um, just some thoughts on him. But I do like the new-look Kings. The Fox and the Ox is what people are kind of calling it with Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. Um, Jeff was the only person in the Facebook group, a little bit of comments with some guys that brought up De'Aaron Fox. Absolute monster of a player.
0: Love De'Aaron Fox. I've been on him for years, though. Can
1: finish at the rim, can three-point shoot. And I've loved him, too. But when you play for the Kings and are winning 30 games a year, it's tough to be talking about. That's what it is. That's what it is. Now he's got Sabonis. He's got a big man who averages you know, close to a triple-double. He's a double-double machine night in, night out. They can maybe figure it out. Some would argue they gave up too much with Hal Burton and Buddy Hill, But let's change it up. It hasn't been working. Let's see what we can do. Um, but if you turn on your random TV, if you don't have the league pass and the Kings happen to be playing, that's going to be a fun watch. Now this is not a 22 and 38 team coming out of the All Star break. They're zero and zero. No one. They pretty much don't have a shot at the postseason. But when you actually, they're only five games behind the Lakers and they're only three games behind uh, the Trailblazers. So say
0: so they have, they can play in. For sure, this with what they got.
1: This could be a team to really watch out for. I didn't have one from the East, but this is a team with a guard and a big man who can both really play and open up everything for their teammates. Watch for the Kings to maybe make a push, finish at that 9-10 spot, and maybe screw around and get a playoff series against one of the top dogs and maybe maybe at least get their name out there, their team talk, talking about. So and. Greg Popovich in a few games, I think he only needs three more to be the most winningest coach in NBA history. So Greg Popovich going to get his record this year. That's nice to see. Yeah. The LA teams who would have said two years ago that they'd be the eight and nine seed at the all-star break. I mean, how quickly it is to fall from the top.
0: I want to point something out deer and Fox for people that are like, why are we bringing up De'Aaron and Fox for the Kings? So his rookie year is 2017 averaged 11 points. 2018, 17 points. 2019, 21 points. 2020, 25 points. Literally improved every single year. He might be the this, fastest player in the NBA. This year, he is down, but he also missed a ton of games already. He's been hurt. Um, he's averaging 20, almost 22 points a game. Um, he's just—he's such a good player, and for the longest time, the the Kings have been forgettable, bad. When's the last time the the Kings were ever on your TV, and you're like, "Oh, here's a meaningful game. Like when pages Stekovich and Mike Bibby played? Chris
1: Weber was on, on <laughs> Chris the- Weber was on
0: the squad. yeah, like literally it's been years. So um, I wish uh, I wish Fox would go to another team. He truly needs to just force his way out, but apparently he likes being in California, who knows? Uh, yeah. so everything you just gave me, the breakdowns here um who finishes the season the top four here Suns, obviously at this point probably almost guaranteed to finish first yeah. Suns,
1: warriors grizzlies i'm gonna keep them there but obviously you know i'm putting the Mavs above the jazz i i yeah. just think um it's i'm not defending him because it's been a little bit of a problem but luca comes into the season out of shape i mean he's done it the last two years and he plays his way in and then it gets to about the all-star break and he's he's killing it. I mean, averaging forty-one points in the last five. And when you talk about the whole lineup, they they move Jalen Brunson into the starting lineup. And then they add Spencer Dinwiddie to join Tim Hardaway Jr. in the second lineup of uh, the team's a little bit deeper and they are a top five defensive team, which people always say Luca didn't play defense or the Mavs are, you know, an offensive team. You think of Chris Stapps, the shooting and the, well, he's gone now, obviously, but you think of them as more of a three point shooting fast-paced team. This team, I think is third in the NBA and holding teams under, uh, under a hundred points and um, th- their defense first. And they're just, uh, I think that, I think they'll pass the the jazz. I think they will be the fourth seed.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. I, I stand think, by it uh,
1: though. It'll be Mavs Jazz in the first round at the four or five. I think yeah. those two teams are they're right where
0: they're at. I think it stays the same. Um, I just think the Mavericks aren't as deep as a lot of these teams. They are one hundred percent carried by Luka. Um so no. the the Jazz's three best players are better than Mavericks' three best players. They just like it's Luka and then a drop off. If we, no, were, no, if we were sure. if, if we were ranking them right now, it would be Luca, and then it would be Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, probably Conley, and then you would finally see another Maverick potentially. I'd have to look, but I mean, yeah,
1: one of the biggest things every offseason are the Mavericks going to add that second bump to, to Luka, which yeah, it, it, it's a it's a legit question, but I'm not. going to... I don't understand neck. why Luka's it hasn't happened. Luca's not a. Uh, He's different. He's a different kind of player. He's a little bit more surgical, slow. It's kind of like I saw one thing is like he's kind of like Neo in the Matrix in terms. Of, it's just like kind of slowed down for him. Like he doesn't seem like he's moving fast, but somehow he always gets the shot he wants, or he always gets to his spot. So it's like he's an interesting player to try and find someone to be a number two. He's just a. He's got one of the highest uh efficient like um, what do they call it? He's got the ball all the time. I I don't usage. know what that. Yeah, he's usage. got one of the highest usage rates in the NBA. So, it's always going to be tough to find a guy but yeah. You know.
0: Okay. Um we'll save our we'll save our predictions. Um we're going to do more of these NBA pods. So, we're going to save our predictions as far as the conference finals for another maybe another week, but yeah. um we're back talking basketball here. We got some more topics to go. Um I want to talk a little bit of Zion. So, Uh, the only proof I have is uh, if you go back and you listen to episode two, second, literally the second pod I ever did uh, was by myself. And I did a segment called invest or pass. Um, and I made myself choose between Zion and John Morant. And I, 100% I was like, yeah, John Morant, this is the way the league's going. And I didn't project Zion to be a bust, but I was basically like, yeah, you know, this is who I would take. And I understand why the Pelicans took, zion because you almost have to when you have a player like that with that kind of popularity but i I basically was like John Morant's the better player it's in my opinion it wasn't close um what are your take on what the hell is going on with freaking zion at this point
1: so it's kind of like when you have a quarterback and you're like he's too short or his hands are too small a lot of times it doesn't seem to it it doesn't turn out that way so when zion's coming out it's He is a matchup nightmare with his athleticism, but is his weight going to cause injury? Probably not. Well, it did. And he's having a pretty significant injury. It seems like at 21 years old and he's requiring maybe second surgery and everyone around him is like questioning his work ethic. And then, you know, he he's still gaining weight. It's like, how serious is he? And, you know, we had a podcast where you asked me, you said, John Morant or Zion Williamson, who should go number one? And I was right there with you. I was like, John Morant's a better player, but you can't not take Zion because of the media coverage and how he was exploding. The the, the Your fan base people. would attack you. Yeah, exactly. You, you would be committing suicide in your profession. And uh, we saw Zion on the court. And you could argue it's when they were both playing that Zion was maybe better than John Moran, like when, when they were both on the court. But now you see where they were neck and neck and it was the one and two and Zion starts falling down and he's hurt. And he's not playing. And at the same time, Josh is getting better and better and better. And now the Grizzlies are Forty-one and nineteen, and Jha's Jha's, a Perennial,
0: all-star, potentially Jha's top ten player. Three
1: sixty alley hoops in the all-star game. Like he's he's made it. He's one of the top guys in the league. People are like, who are you starting a team with uh, under twenty-five? And it's like Luca, Ja, Tatum, like Trey Young. Those are the only guys. Like they're the new and upcoming league, and Zion's getting left behind. And it's one thing to be injured, but for him to be all the reports, him not showing any. It seems like he's showing no interest to get any better. And it's like, did he hit stardom too early? Was it too much for him? And this is where a lot of people bring up, you know, LeBron at 18, that much pressure, Sports Illustrated cover, and that didn't get to him. He just, like, lived up to it. Zion had almost the same level, and maybe it's getting to him.
0: Maybe. He truly, like, overlooked the whole draft process and thought, you know what, I'm a superstar, but I'm about to go join KD and Kyrie with the Knicks. Maybe that's what he truly thought. When that didn't come to fruition, maybe he got depressed. Maybe mental health kicked in. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's like, holy shit, I'm on a bad team in a city I don't want to be in. I, I don't know. He's, but it's, yeah, it's, it's he's so a human. that.
1: He's been on everybody's Facebook and Twitter since he was 16, dunking on kids. McDonald's yeah. is all American, yep. goes yep. to Duke. Flows through a shoe, has to sit out, can't play. Then he gets drafted into a team that stinks. He's the only guy who's doing anything on it. And then, like you said, I mean, the the media is just bashing on him. I mean, even me, I referenced him as Cookie Monster a few times, just poking fun. But, I mean, like, he sees that on a constant basis from all different angles. And then the one guy you're compared to is destroying the league. John Morant is just taking flight, literally and figuratively. And it's just, it's a lot for him. And we have to remember he's 21. Like, it's just crazy to think kind of how young these guys are. Like, I'm trying to understand, like, I'm getting to the point where everybody's younger than me that's getting drafted. All the people I'm a fan of are younger than, you know, I'm hitting that age. And I think a lot of people that listen are at, at the same time where it's like, man, this dude couldn't even legally drink a year ago. Like, I mean, there's just probably a lot of things in his life that he's got to figure out and, It's just, it's tough to see him fail because you want to see him on the court. But I mean, there's just so many factors that, how many positive things have happened to Zion in the last calendar year? COVID, injuries, weight gain, rival going up, team's bad, don't like your city. I mean, all trade falls through. You're not playing with R.J. Barrett. And now R.J. Barrett, guess what? He just got Cam Reddish. The two of the three amigos are out having fun in New York. Maybe not on the record sheet, but they're better than the Pelicans. So I mean like it's just like there's a lot of things at least from the outside perspective that aren't really positive for Zion right now and from the inside perspective maybe there's other things going on but I mean we don't see him in the media and when we do it's just people bashing him and it's like he, you'd like to see him play more because we talked about it man his, his field goal percentage is points I mean his bounce his size I mean he's, he's incredible to watch he's a fascinating specimen and it sucks that we don't get to see him on the court because you look up all these top players under 25 and Zion's still coming in at eight, nine and one list. I saw five and it's like, he hadn't even played, but he was that good. I mean, it's just, we all want to see him out on the court, but it's just, it's a sad thing that's happening right now. But we do have to remember, like Chuck said, he's 21. This is a bad year. And let's see if he can't, you know, get that second surgery, turn around and come back next season and be like, y'all forgot about me for a minute. Like, let me, let me show you what I can do. And we, Hope that's the case, but I mean not a good look right now.
0: Um one more thing before we move on to the mailbag. Yeah. I think I know the answer. Who's your current MVP of the league? Joel Embiid.
1: Oh. The only person who is in the conversation with him is DeMar DeRozan. I think those are the two top candidates in my mind. Derozan has played games without Levine, his starting backcourt. They're thirty-eight and twenty-one, and he's breaking all kinds of efficiency and points records. And he's up there. Joel Embiid hasn't had Ben Simmons or James Harden. He's basically been—he's—he's aver- he's leading the league in points per game at the center position. Um, I think they're the top two guys. Um, Sure, there's other names. Steph Curry. I mean, Giannis is always going to be in the media, but Steph Curry, what he's doing, you know, they're second. Chris Paul could possibly be are, out there, but
0: are you ruling John Morant out because their team won like eight games in a row without him? Why didn't he even get mentioned? They did go on like a seven or eight game winning streak without him. I know that or whatever, but
1: yeah, I I just think that what Demar's doing with the Bulls. It's kind of like this, like the Bulls haven't been good for a long time, mm-hmm. and DeRozan is kind of. I mean, it'd be one thing if they were fully healthy and DeRozan was doing this, but he's played so many games without Levine, without Ball, without Caruso, um, and yeah, I mean that does factor into it. Ja, they won seven games without him, but forty-one and nineteen still solid. Um, I think a lot of times it's hard to argue with the guy who's leading the point leading the league in points, which is Joel Embiid. Yeah, that's that's fair. Right. Inside outside game. And then um DeMar DeRozan with all the injuries being able to keep the Bulls not just afloat but still ascending in a in a really, really competitive east. I mean it's seven games from first to eight. So for him to be able to do that, um there like I said there's other guys and maybe I just forgot about job even when I'm saying Curry, Jokic and Embi- B or Giannis yeah. it's like
0: I also there, think you're being you're being extremely modest to your boy who's averaging twenty-seven, nine, and nine this season.
1: Uh yeah, because like I said, I mean they were like it was like one and six or two and six without Luca. If it was two and six, they're 33 and 18. I mean, that's a really good ratio with Luca. Um I'm always gonna think Luca is one of the best players in the league, but I don't know if you'll have an MVP season with him missing so many games early. The team's only five seed. Um, you know, I, I don't know how to, how to view it. Um, but That's again, true. I'm not with the Steelers too. It's hard for me to pump them sometimes. Cause I get, I, I don't want to be biased so bad that I sometimes, yeah. you know, so.
0: Are you ready for some questions here? We got quite a few good ones.
1: Yeah. I enjoyed the mailbags.
0: All right. This one comes in. He got three in a row from Christian. They're all great questions. Christian Myers here. Will the Lakers turn it around and make the playoffs? Because
1: 16, no, the play-ins, no. Because 20 of the 30 teams make the playoffs, the first part, will they turn it around? No. Second part, yes, they will make the playoffs because of the play-in. And they may even win the play-in. But this team's out in the first round. I'm not even going to give LeBron that. I I love LeBron. I've always liked watching him all, all of his career. They're just not good enough to beat the Suns, Warriors, or Grizzlies. I don't think.
0: Yeah, we didn't do a uh, a projection here, but there's a here's a question: Will the Sixers finally make the jump to the finals, completing the process? So obviously, I didn't have you do the a NBA prediction, but finals? I think that's what he means because they've okay. made the conference finals. Yes.
1: I'll I'll be very vague because I don't want to give away all my all my predictions. Yeah. The 76ers will have their best chance to make the finals. However, when they were originally like, okay, now they got Bade Simmons. Let's see how far they can go. Every year it's gone on, the East has gotten better. Minus LeBron leaving. Like The, the East is so competitive, the amount of teams you'd have to beat in a row. I don't know if they make it out of the East into the finals, but I think this will be the best team they have going into the postseason this year that they've had in the past two or three.
0: Uh, His his third and final question. This is a great one. I I think we could probably have a whole podcast on this. Let's try to keep it relative. How much does LeBron's comments about teaming up with Bronny affect Bronny's draft stock? So he doesn't really talk about LeBron here. He's just he's just talking about Bronny's draft stock. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it.
1: Yeah, I know but, exactly what's going on. I know the quote okay. and
0: everything. Yeah. So you can so give what, it to the people who are listening they might not know. Uh, uh, essentially, LeBron James son has been highly coveted for a very long time. But now they're saying that they're not he's not nearly the good as much of a player as they thought he was going to be. It's not like he's projected to be a lottery pick as of right now, okay? Um your your favorite college team is probably not even heavily making a run at him. That is at this point, that's where it's at. Okay. Well, LeBron James basically said, I'm willing to not willing. I'm going to the team that drafts my son. Do you see his draft stock rising now?
1: If LeBron is averaging twenty-five, eight, and eight, which I don't see being a problem for LeBron right now in two or three years. Yeah, it absolutely does. The only way it doesn't is if Bronny's not even good enough for a team to want a 40 year old LeBron that they would draft Bronny. The age gap is just, I think, a little bit too big. Um, I think theoretically it's nice to say, oh, yes, it absolutely impacts it positively because people are going to want LeBron James. I don't know if people are gonna want LeBron James, like you know what I mean, like and yeah, and if they don't draft Brownie, somebody's still gonna get LeBron James, even if Brownie's not in the league. Is he just gonna retire because his son's not drafted? I, it's a tricky question, Christian, but on the face, just up front, when you don't dig too deep, yes, it affects it positively because you're essentially trading a pick or trading up to draft LeBron James, and then you see what Brownie can become.
0: Yeah, and I'm not just just so we're clear. Everybody's listening to this. I'm not trashing LeBron James' son, who's not even in college yet. That's not what I'm doing. Isn't he, a he is. He, he, I believe he's a he's a. His class in college will be 2023, so he that would make him a junior this year, a senior next year. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fall of 2023 is when he'll start school. He should be a junior right now. Um He's projected to be a four-star player, but only has four four offers, and all four of those offers, to my knowledge, have been around for like five or ten years. Like literally, when he was a kid, they January, a lot of, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. January eighteenth,
1: twenty twenty-one. It says he is in tenth grade. He is a sophomore in high school right now.
0: Okay. So pe- wow. people
1: are talking about his skill level. He still has two more years of high school, and, and he's six three. I believe the reason why it says 2023 is because I think by then it will now be an option again for kids to skip college. I think they're doing away with that rule. So he's still only a sophomore. I mean, he is 17, but he's still got two more years of high school to develop. So I just think that's why we, we just, there's too much unknown about it right now. But LeBron he's 17 right now? Mm-hmm. That's what I just read. Yeah, October 6, 2004.
0: I wonder if he doesn't have to graduate high school. I wonder if he can do the Tate Martin, not the Tate Martell, the the Quinn, the Quinn Ewers, and and leave, go join the G League for a year. Seriously, I wonder if that's.
1: What whatever the case, he's yeah. If you draft Bronny, you also get me. So I mean, the sooner Bronny yeah. gets there, the better, because that means the better LeBron theoretically is still going to be. So it's interesting, Christian. Yeah. But on the surface, you'd have to say I think yes. Because you're yeah. getting LeBron James, selling tickets, the publicity, having the bronze, like
0: Le- Lebron said in his in that in that clip, it wouldn't be about money. So you're basically probably going to get Lebron for a veteran deal just to make LeBron that team
1: loaded. to draft <laughs> I mean, he's got the money. He's got a <laughs> Nike facility. What are we even talking about?
0: Yeah. Um, non NBA question on here. Do you want to go with it or not?
1: Yeah, we can. I mean, just real quick.
0: Not sure if it's been asked, but if they brought back pros versus Joes, what sport would you choose and why?
1: I'd choose soccer because it's my best sport. Are you asking if I'm participating?
0: Yeah, that, yeah, you would be participating. So you'd pick yeah, soccer.
1: I, I would do soccer simply because I played it for 26 years. So I guess that would be my best chance to win.
0: Um, I would probably pick... Gosh, I feel like my best sport's football, but I'm not beating Deion Sanders. Well, maybe today I could, but <laughs> I'm I don't, not I don't be- No, you couldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick putt putt and just hope hope to God I can He's hang awesome. in there.
1: putt putt a professional sport? It can be. <laughs> <Get> the- <laughs> Tiger Woods walks out oh. with, with a green putter that's not fitted and says, let's oh, get after it. Come on.
0: Second question here from Jen. How do you how do you feel about the Bulls so far? I I know how you feel, but tell the fans. And then, do you think they make a deep playoff run?
1: I love the Bulls. They're on my TV every time I get a chance to watch them, and I do think they make a deep run. Demar Rosen, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic—they have a lot of good pieces. Kobe White shooting great from the perimeter. Caruso comes back; he's an electric factory. Lonzo Ball—I love the Bulls, Jen. I think they're going to do really well. They're thirty-eight and twenty-one. They're just, they're just getting better. They're in a five-game win streak, seven and three in their last ten, and they're only getting healthier. Zach Levine coming back off the break. Full steam ahead for the Bulls.
0: Uh, this one's from Jamie Lado: Is Zion the next Greg Oden or Yao Ming, meaning his size continue to keep him injured off the floor? I'm not, I'm not sure if he's insinuating that Yao Ming was a bust. Because well, Yao just, Ming was not a bust. He was a Hall of Famer. I but think I, what he's I'm, saying
1: is – to different degrees, but both those players' careers were cut massively short. So, oh, okay. if Zion comes back and he's relatively healthy, does he retire before thirty because, like, his just weight yeah, and size okay. is too much on his lower half?
0: So, does he play like seven to eight years, have a solid oh, career, but leave yeah, this, early because he just can't? I get it. Get it. Um,
1: I, I say yes because he's twenty-one and he's already got the injuries, and he had these concerns coming out of college. Is his body uniquely fit for his weight? It could possibly be, but I just don't like how many games and how many near injuries and this and that he's had at only 21 through college and pros. So, yes, I don't think we see as much Zion as we hoped, but gosh, I hope he's more than a Greg Odom.
0: Do you think he's closer to Greg or Yao?
1: Greg. Honest opinion, I think Greg. I I don't want it, but I think Greg.
0: I agree. I think the league is better if Zion becomes a perennial all-star. He doesn't have to be Shaq, but he needs to, I think the league is better if he has a good NFL or uh, a good NBA career where he's averaging 22 to 27 points a game, you know, eight to 10 rebounds. And he's, he can become a 25 and 10 player. I think that's huge um, because he has a popularity and he has a, a phenom aspect of him that a lot of players just don't have for whatever reason. So. Mm, I agree felt good to talk a little nba for a change yeah i had a blast i love i miss i miss the nfl and as news and notes come up we'll talk more nfl but probably next week we're gonna probably shoot for an nba pot again as we uh just get deeper into this season and closer to the playoffs so yeah um just look just out for the news.
1: yeah go ahead but, Oh, all right i'll go and other news this just came in today Little Sidney
0: Crosby,
1: baby. Oh, oh boy, boy. Oh, good to put that boy on. It fit nice. First hockey jersey I
0: ever bought. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have an Iserman years ago, but. I figured I mean, it, I'd make some people sad. mad
1: because uh, this Saturday, Casey and I are going to a walleye game. So I was like, let me let me buy a Sidney Crosby, throw that boy on, head out to the game.
0: There you go. There you go. Um. In other news, USFL, uh they have their draft tonight if that's something you care about. Pittsburgh I'm gonna,
1: Uthlers, baby, let's go.
0: No, Michigan Panthers baby, let's go. I'm, I'm going to be uh draft? I'll be yeah, I'll be tuning in. I'm just I'm curious cuz they have not released the player pool. I think they're trying to build some excitement. There was there was,
1: a, there was a few like they said Trent a couple names, in. like oh Trent, Trent Richardson. Richardson did it. I believe he is the he's the most notable running back. Interesting. And the running backs and linebackers are rounds two through four. And it's snake style, so.
0: Yes, I knew it was snake style. Yeah. Very intriguing. You know,
1: some things if you guys didn't know about the USFL, um, all games are pretty much played in the same location. Um, most of these teams are on the East Coast, so hopefully there will be a location where maybe you guys can get to a game, have some fun. The first game, the inaugural game of the USFL, Jeff, give me your ticket price.
0: Like the guess?
1: Yeah, what you, the very first USFL game, how much is a ticket?
0: Like cheapest ticket like I can get in? The average how much is a ticket to get in? 20 bucks.
1: 10 bucks.
0: Wow, cool.
1: Yeah, so extremely affordable. Um if you guys don't follow it maybe, I mean, you don't have to follow it, I guess, but look it up on Instagram. They released a jersey all the all the alternate kits and home and away. And there's some nice jerseys on there, man. But the Pittsburgh Maulers got that like purple and orange going on. It's kind of nice. I'm I'm digging it. Gotta get me a hat. I'm all in on the USFL, baby.
0: Hopefully it doesn't fold after one season, like we, we keep seeing these alternate football seasons do. So all right. Are we uh is that a wrap?
1: That's a wrap, man.
0: That's NBA's a wrap.
1: back Thursday.
0: NBA's back. Um Hope you enjoyed All-Star Weekend. It's one last night off tonight, but then they're back tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk some more NBA. So we will catch you guys next time.
1: Thanks for listening, guys. Real talk. Real talk.